0: Sweet. All righty. Right. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Joel Hartman, here on the Prospect Dugout podcast, video podcast. Uh, some quick news today's the NFL virtual draft. And yesterday, Major League Baseball handed out uh, some news on the Red Sox from 2018 cheating scandal. They suspended a camera guy. So I don't know what that was all about. But anyway, uh, every Sunday, we have our weekly um, virtual mastermind on Facebook Live. Uh, I'll be moderating along with Giants uh, minor league hitting coach Craig Maddox. He's also the co-founder of Prospect Dugout. Uh, Each week we have a a guest panel of professional players and coaches. Last week we had uh, MLB hitting coaches from the Texas Rangers, Calix Crab and Alex Berg. And this week we're doing a pitching mastermind and we're joined with, are joined by uh, former MLB pitchers, Vic Black and Joe Bimel. So if you want to submit a question to, um, To have the panel talk about, go to prospectdugout.tv to submit your question. And then don't forget to email your videos for repost on Instagram. Make sure to put your username in the subject line. Um, Today we're doing episode six of the Prospect Dugout uh, podcast, and I'm joined by Major League Baseball player Matt Joyce. He's also a businessman. He's currently with the Miami Marlins. Matt spent, this is going to be his 13th year in the big leagues. Um, he's He's hit 145 home runs and over 200 doubles. That's amazing. So let's, uh, let's just hop right into it. Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. What's
1: up, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So it's only your sixth episode, so you're relatively new to
0: this, right? Relatively new, but just uh, getting after it each day. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Are you enjoying it? Um, and I am having a blast just being able to communicate with you know big league guys, being able to communicate with coaches, former former big league guys, but especially being able to hear the feedback from the audience and answer some yeah. questions from kids that are you know trying to get to the next level. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's really cool. I, I love that interaction with uh, with the younger generation. Obviously, uh, answering those questions and and trying to help them learn. Uh, I wish I had that ability when I was young to ask a big leaguers questions and pick their brain. Uh, so it's, it's cool that, uh, that we have that option, uh, with technology nowadays.
0: Absolutely. So speaking of questions, let's jump right into our first question. Let's Um, do it. What was your hitting approach like last year with Atlanta? Um, you didn't start out the year playing every day. So what was your, what was your focus on when, when you did play?
1: Yeah. Um, I think the pinch hitting role is, is really, uh, difficult. Um, you obviously are kind of thrown into the fire to where you, you really don't have a feel For timing, you don't have a feel for your swing uh, and where you're at with everything, so you really have to uh, simplify everything. And uh, a lot of times, my my approach was was really simple. It was just that. It was just really simple. Um, And I I would think you know let me just try to square up this baseball, let it go wherever it wants to go. Um, But I'm literally going to try to take the knob in my nose to the ball and just stay on the ball as long as possible. If I pull it, great. If I hit it the other way, great. I'm just trying to square up a baseball and get a good pitch to hit. Um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time um, getting prepared. And, and uh, during the season, you're going every single day. So you really have to have a very good routine uh, that's going to give you the best opportunity to be successful uh, in whatever role that, that you have. Um, so for me, last year, um, I had to spend a lot of time during the game hitting, uh, off a machine to get me ready for 95, 96 miles an hour, uh, you know, coming off the bench. And, uh, a lot of times, you know, 90, 95% of the time I'm looking for, for the fastball to hit. Um, you know, you know, occasionally I, I like to sit on off speed, uh, when I think of pitchers really, uh, you know try to get ahead with off speed. And, um, and then from there, man, I just keep it simple. Um, you know, it was, there was times where if I tried to do too much, um, I would just, you know, either foul off the pitch that I should square up uh, swing would just get a little bit too long. Uh, so I had to try to really quiet my lower body and and use a little bit more hands and, and just uh, square up the ball as uh, consistently as I could.
0: Nice, man. So I got a question from um, a, audience member from a, from a viewer on Prospect Dugout um, at Joey San Julio. He said, he he wants to know, when did you first realize that you could make it to the bigs?
1: Yeah. um, That's, that's a really good question. Uh, It's funny because I didn't realize it until probably triple A, honestly. You know, you get drafted. I was drafted in the 12th round by the Tigers and, and you kind of show up for minor league camp and there's just so many, talented ball players uh from all over the place so you're just kind of thrown into the mix and you're just trying to stand out you're trying to do whatever you can to stand out and there's a lot of levels to work through depending on on where you come Mm -hmm. uh and where where you start um i started in short season rookie ball in oneana uh low a i was fortunate enough to skip i went to double a struggled really bad at double a um and then kind of, you know, really started to figure some stuff out, made some adjustments. Uh, and then AAA, you know, I really, that first month, I just was crushing it. And, uh, you know, there's nothing like that that phone call. When, when you get that phone call that says, you know, hey, you're, you're coming up for the big leagues. And you're yeah. starting tonight against Ice-K and the Red Sox. <laughs> and you go from 2,000 fans <laughs> to 40,000 fans. Wow in the stands and, and it was Thursday night baseball where millions of people are watching. I couldn't feel <laughs> my legs. So, um, it was a really cool experience, something I'll never forget. And, uh, yeah, I just didn't really know how close I was until, you know, I got to AAA and I was like, man,
0: you know, I got a, I got a shot here. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. Uh, I got another question, um, from at big fish, Nick 27. He says, or he wants to know, was hitting that grand slam in the Garza no-hitter your coolest moment in Major League Baseball, or was it something else?
1: Yeah, that was one of them for sure. That was really cool. Uh, obviously, Scherzer had a no-hitter. Scherzer and Garza had a no-hitter uh, in, in the sixth inning. Mm-hmm. Um, Scherzer ended up hitting somebody and then walking two guys. Either, he either hit two guys or walked two guys. So the bases were loaded uh, in the bottom of the sixth, two outs three, two count. He still has no hitter and then, uh, hit a grand slam, uh, to break up his no hitter. And then Gars ended up finishing his no hitter. Uh, so I always tell people there's, there's th- really three moments for me that mm. are my top three, you know, my favorite. That was one of them. My first home run in the big leagues, uh, was in front of my dad oh, who, nice. uh, yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. Um, and we were playing the Yankees and, uh, it was my first at bat in front of him in the big leagues, home run, and he never got to see me hit a home run in the minor leagues. He was going through a lot of health issues, so we didn't really know what was going to happen. Uh, so it was a very emotional, uh, very cool, memorable moment for for us. And uh, the third one was game 161. Uh, the game before Longo hit the the 162 homer. Yeah, You know, I hit a three-run homer. To get us to one game, one sixty-two, that obviously you know gets kind of forgotten about, but <laughs> yeah. but it was still a really cool moment because you know you're playing the Yankees and and obviously we're in the hunt, we're in the mix of things, we're down one or two runs, and and uh, you hit a three-run big three-run homer, and uh, obviously got us to game one sixty-two, and then Longo kind of came through uh, game one sixty-two to get us into the playoffs, which obviously that was one of the most memorable nights in baseball. So those three moments are uh, you know really uh, special to me.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. And so that was, um, that was 2009, right? Which, with that Longo home run? Yeah, I think that was 09. And so that was, that was your first season with the Rays and you had actually really 09? only
1: you... Man, I don't know. It's a long time ago. dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got caught in 08, 09. I was kind of up and down. I think I was yeah. down mostly. Uh, that mm-hmm. might've been 2010. Cause I don't think we made the playoffs in oh nine. So it was either. Okay.
0: Yeah. 10 or okay. Was it your it was all-star, year? all-star year? 2011 was 2011. Yeah. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: No, that's cool, man. That's, that's, that's awesome just to have, you know, that, that memory bank of those three things. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, okay. You hinted on uh, a little bit ago about um, being a 12th round draft pick, but let me ask you, talk to me about playing at the D2 level at Florida Southern in Lakeland Um, yeah at the time it was a powerhouse d2 you know you guys winning a lot Um, but a lot of players nowadays are looking down on a d2 or d3 because they think that d1 is really the only way that they're going to be able to make it Um, and then can you kind of just hit on a little bit more about coming up as a 12th round pick and and sticking in the big leagues for you know you're going on your 13th season so not a lot of those guys that come from that level make it
1: yeah so I don't you know I don't think it was that different Honestly, when I was looking at D1, D2, I mean, we had, I had like two options, D1, uh, but they were like 30%, 30% scholarship. Uh, my options were between University of Tampa, Florida Southern, and I think like Manatee Community College just came down to my my top three because they were full rides and I knew I wanted to go to school. Um, you know, I was told if you were a good player and you had talent, they're going to find you. Uh, there's obviously scouts, you know, all over the place. And, um, you know, if you can play, they're, they're going to know about you. Uh, I, you know, obviously Florida Southern, you know, they had a pretty good track record of of producing some good ball players and having Mm -hmm. some really good baseball teams and, and, um, some championship, uh, seasons. Uh, so I really, I, you know, I I liked that about Florida Southern as well as the academic side, as well as being close to home. I think it was just uh, a perfect fit, uh, for me and my family. Um, but you know, the division one, division two things. I mean, when I was there playing uh, at Florida Southern, I mean, we were, we were really confident that if we played teams in division one, that we would compete. And, and a lot of times we would win. We mm-hmm. we felt like we had a really good team. I was fortunate to be on a team that we had like seven, seven or eight guys drafted from that team. Wow. So, you know, so we had a lot of talent there. So mm-hmm. obviously the more talent you're going to have on that team, mm-hmm. the more scouts are going to come. I think we had like 30 scouts, Uh, uh, the first game of my junior season. Um, And and we had some, some pretty good players. And obviously, you know, I was lucky and and fortunate enough to be one of the only guys that made it to the big leagues and stuck around, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot that goes into that. You know I mean? Staying healthy, uh, taking care of yourself and and the nutrition side, the stretching, the, the making sure you're, you're taking care of the little nicks and bumps and and bruises that you kind of accumulate along the way, I think is huge for, you know, sustaining a longer career um, because you have new guys coming in. You have new guys coming in every year trying to take your job. Uh, so you have to play. And I always tell these guys, it's, it's number one, you have to be healthy and then you can focus on functional mobility and then functional strength. A lot of times our get in the way and we want to, we want to curl and we want to bench press the house. So we look good in the bathing suit. Um, but baseball, you know, we're not, baseball players aren't necessarily wired that way. We're not, we're not, uh, our bodies have to be a little bit more mo- uh, mobile and, and uh, flexible. Um, so, you know, between, between you know, spending a lot of time on, you know, staying healthy and, and mitigating the the distractions, it's very easy in the minor leagues, you know, you you're, you play a game, it's very easy to go out to some bars and, and um, you know, kind of get caught up in that nightlife, especially when you're 20 something years old, you know, young 20 year old, and uh, if you're single on the road and, and um, You know, it's, it's, it can be a little fun, but it's also a huge distraction, Um, mitigating those distractions, staying healthy, uh, and then that ability to really focus and stay focused for for a very long time, I think really starts to weed out the the guys that, you know, just don't want it as much. I mean, you, you have to really be dedicated to this game and your craft and love it uh in order to not only make it to the big leagues but stick around they say you know it's it's easy to make it to the big leagues it's a lot harder to stay there Mm -hmm. and uh you know it kind of makes sense it it gets a little bit harder every year guys get a little bit better you get new guys coming in and uh you know it's it's been a roller coaster of a ride but you just you got to keep working man it never ends
0: yeah yeah for sure um, so let me ask you this question. What's the best advice that you learned early on as a pro? Cause you're just talking about like handling life as an, as an early professional player. What's the best advice you learned early on in your professional career that you're still using today?
1: Yeah, I think besides taking care of yourself, like I said, I mean, obviously, our bodies are are part of your job, that's how you make money. So like what you put in your body, your nutrition, your your training, um, how you take care of yourself is huge. Uh, I started to learn a lot more when I got to the big leagues and started talking to these guys and trainers and um, it's gotten a lot um uh, more it's got a lot better over the years and there's a lot more knowledge out there and there's a lot more people trying to help and, and it's kind of filtered down um but i would say the other thing is learning how to slow the game down and you slow the game down by slowing yourself down and a lot of times how you do that is is by by your breathing right and it's very easy when you like i said when i got caught up 12th round you know i got caught up uh, Cinco day mild, go play the against the Red Sox. Obviously, first game in the big leagues. I mean, I couldn't feel my leg. I had a ton of adrenaline. Um, you know, I was just so jumpy and and I was so excited mm-hmm. that you have to really back off. You have to back off, you have to slow, slow down, you have to find where where that um that level Um, and, and that, um, effort level is, uh, that's going to give you the the best chance to be consistently successful. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was always like 75 to 80%. So a lot of times when I'm hitting and I'm in the box, you know, I'll do my breathing. I try to slow everything down. I try to look at the situation and have my approach. I do my preparation before the game. I know, you know, what I'm going to try to do. And then from there, I'm working at like a 75 to 80% um, effort level because once I get above that, then I start, I start trying to do too much. And when you start trying to do too much, your head pulls off the ball, your front side is going to pull off the ball or your backside, you know, you're going to lose uh, your, your swing on your side is going to get long. Um, so they always say like a, a more relaxed swing is, is something that's going to work a lot better. Uh, so that that was something that stuck with me for a really long time. I think it's helped me a lot to work at that 75%, 80% effort level, um, not trying to kill the ball mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, really just trying to square up the baseball. And, and, you know, if you square it up at the right trajectory, it's going to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you you kind of hinted on uh, preparation, like before the game, and um, mm-hmm. what you were just talking about. Can you kind of expand on that just a little bit, like in terms of, what what kind of material are you using to prepare yourself for a game, for an at-bat, for a series? How, kind of break that down.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of information, and we have – it's it, it's uh, it almost is a little overwhelming at times. I think guys can get a little overwhelmed. I think there's uh, a lot of information, and really whatever you want, whatever you want to use. Um, we have a bat system, which is like an online program that basically – um, you know tracks your your videos so you can enter in any information you want to say you know okay we're playing the cardinals okay i want to go look at wainwright video uh, at bats matt joyce versus adam wainwright um you know for the last two years three years whatever it is and then i'm going to go watch okay how did he attack me okay how did he attack me again when runners in scoring position um you know what has he been doing lately and, and i have an idea uh, to say okay you know this is what i'm going to this is my game plan this is my approach uh, that i'm going to take into the game i'm going to be looking for you know a fastball early on he's probably going to try to once we get to this count he's probably going to try to work a cutter in okay um, and i'll literally go through and visualize because i don't you know a cutter in is really hard to hit i'm going to go through and visualize okay see the cutter in i'm going to tell myself no i'm taking the cutter in I'm looking for this pitch, you know, maybe a cutter out over the plate a little bit. Um, 2-0, you know, uh, when we played them um, in the playoffs this last year uh, with the Braves, um, he got 2-0, and I think it was my third at bat. And I just knew, I knew that he was going to throw me an off-speed pitch because, you know, it was a one nothing game. And uh, hung he threw a curveball, he was just trying to get it over for a strike, and I was really just waiting back trying to you know, drive something because I know that he loves his curveball, and he has a really good feel for it. Um, and I crushed it. Obviously, you know, it caught it at the wall, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I had the right plan, and I, and I executed it really well. Um, it just you know, it was unfortunate. it was one or two degrees too high as opposed to, you know, that's the difference between a home run and an out, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so really looking at, okay, how have they attacked you before? A lot of teams are going to attack you very similarly um, in in their pitchers. So they're, they're going to say, okay, you know, be careful on this count. Uh, this guy's hitting the fastball really well. Let's, you know, start off speed with him. And that's the team approach. Now, obviously, each individual pitcher is a little bit different, depending on what their stuff is, what they have a feel for, um, and and um, you know you kind of have to analyze and understand that side of things to say, okay, it doesn't look like he's he has a really good feel for his his changeup. Um, he's not throwing it for a strike. I'm going to stay on the fastball. If I recognize change up, I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to force him to throw it for a strike. So understanding like that, that side of the game to say, uh, what's going on with the game? How are they attacking me? Doing your preparation. Um, And that's part of of building out a plan. It's building out um, your approach. And then from there, once you have your plan, your approach, you're going to go to your cage. You're going to go to the cage and you're going to work, on, okay, how do I, you know, how do I execute this plan? I'm going to go through, uh, my swing, my, my drills, get my swing right. And then I'm going to, um, work at the end to say, okay, this is my plan. And then I'm going to work to, to, you know, get my swing and, and my, uh, approach ready.
0: Yeah. So, um, let me, let's, ex- let's expand on that for a second because, you know, all that is great, but what do you say to the, to the high school players that's, sitting here hearing you say that and and saying, well, I don't have access to all that information. Right. I don't have access to all that. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: and you got to understand the other team doesn't either. So they don't have the same uh, uh, plan against you that, that as a big leaguer uh, they would. Um, So it's more important to talk to uh, your teammates. When I was at Florida Southern, we used to talk to each other all the time. As soon as the leadoff hitter, you know, would go in, he was one of my best friends. Uh, Jeff Strickland he would go in and he would hit and I'd be like alright what do you got he's, he's, his fastball is two seeming his fastball has got some ride on it his curveball is pretty sharp 12 to 6 uh, change up you know it looks like uh, it's not moving that well it doesn't look like it has a good feel for it whatever it is you have to talk to each other and, and really figure out you know what's this guy's stuff what's his plan what's he trying to do and you have to look at the hitters that are very similar to you to say okay this is a left handed hitter he's probably going to attack me you know, uh, just like he's attacking him. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'm going to really watch his at bat and to see like, how is he attacking him? And, and, um, and then I'm gonna have a better idea. So watching the game, man, you know, there's, there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing better than watching the game and, and really, uh, you know, figuring out what's going on, what's going on, how is he attacking you? And then coming up with a plan and making the adjustment baseball is a game of adjustments, man.
0: Yeah. No, that that is great advice. That's high level. Um so I actually I advice. actually
1: I had somebody uh ask me how do you how do you crush a curveball?
0: <laughs> okay. Like
1: if I just saw I just saw it up here because off speed was something that I really struggled for a while. Mm-hmm. Um and and still I think it's it's off speed's uh a little difficult to hurt to hit. Hurst uh dot griffin. Hurst Griffin what's up man thanks for joining us. Um off speed I mean for me was was it was really difficult to hit because you don't really practice hitting off speed a lot you know you get batting practice and they're just throwing it straight throwing it straight so I had to for one I had to incorporate um, off speed drills so a lot of times when they're flipping underhand that's one of the you know I'll go through kind of get loose a little bit and then we'll go hard soft Mm -hmm. so I'll feel a pause because off speed you have to pause if you're coming up and out of this of the the contact point the contact zone you're going to be you're going to be in trouble um, and then from there it becomes a timing issue mm-hmm. so so uh, like I said there's certain times where I like to sit off speed because it's a timing I'll, I might start a hair later um, because I'm looking for an off-speed pitch and obviously this is only five ten percent of the time you know 90 percent mm-hmm. of the time I'm on the fastball I want to hit the fastball that's what my strength is Um, But there are certain times that you just know they're just going to try to lay one in there. And a lot of times off speed, when I'm sitting on it, I'm going to start a hair later and I'm going to look up in the zone because um, those are the ones that you're going to drive. Those are the ones that you're going to hit well. Um, And you don't have to crush it. You know, it's the same thing. You're staying to the middle part of the field. You're trying to hit a line drive the other way. uh, And you're really just trying to stay through the ball. But it's something that you just have to practice uh and incorporate into your drills like a hard soft flip drill helps a lot and um yeah so you know wanted to address that first yeah for sure that's full commitment if you're
0: if you're committing before that pitch to actually start a little bit later that's you there's no going back from that
1: yeah absolutely and that's why i say you only do it you know a small percentage of the time and and you know the the percentages have to be really high Mm-hmm. I mean, almost almost 70 percent, you know, for me. Right. And it's you know, it has to go through like a gut feeling like I know he's just going to start me off the off speed. He's going to try to get ahead. He's going to flip something up, up in the zone. And it's, you know, man, you hang a curveball, it's a good pitch to hit. Yeah, So
0: for sure. So. But the, the off speed down in the zone is a little bit harder. <laughs> All right, so let's jump outside of baseball a little bit. Um, you're a business guy. You got your foundation around the bases. You're an owner of the Empire League, uh, professional league, and then also you're actually spreading some F45 gyms around the Tampa Bay area as a franchise owner. Um, yep. It's it's obvious that baseball isn't the thing. Like, once once your baseball career is done, you got to keep doing something, right? So baseball is is – the method we use to get to that next thing. So what are, what is your next thing? What are you trying to build um, outside of baseball or after baseball and how has playing major league baseball um, influenced, influenced your business life?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I would say it in the minor leagues when I we had long bus rides. We had like 12 uh, hour bus rides sometimes. And, um, you know, I started picking up some books because I start I was struggling through the minor leagues. I had some things that I needed to learn. And um, a lot of it started with like self-improvement um, because I just wasn't thinking right. Um, and I wasn't really being positive with myself. I had to, you know, I had a lot of negative thoughts and, and walking into a box into the hitter batter's box. Like if you're thinking negatively, it's, it's hard. It's hard enough. You're going to fail a lot. So you have to be really super positive with with baseball. And uh and I picked up uh one of the books I picked up was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And um, you know, he talked a lot about building passive cash flow um to cover your expenses. He called it getting out of the rat race. And I loved it. I love the idea of that because baseball doesn't last forever, man. You know, I mean you got a short window and nobody knows how long that window is gonna be open. So for me, I actually started in real estate, and when I got called up uh, two thousand eight and then two thousand nine I want to say I bought my first um, single family investment home. It was like in the ghetto and it had like holes in it and it had graffiti and uh, and it was cool man, it's a cool process to kind of look back over the last ten years and see you know what we've been able to build and and um the, the real estate portfolio that we've been able to accumulate and acquire and, and really uh, to add value to. That was a big thing. We started with single family homes. Uh, we would um, purchase it. We would renovate it. Uh, we would rent it out. And then we would refinance, pull the cash out um, and then reinvest uh, the cash into the next single family home. And then we started uh, after we done single family homes, we worked into multifamily uh, so we've done we've done more multifamily uh, the last few years, and now my business real estate partner, uh, Mike Minsberg at Site Real Estate. He's awesome. has uh, done an incredible job building his business, and he's working on bigger development projects. And then over the last like five, six years, um, we really wanted to we wanted to stay around the game. We wanted to be able to give back to players uh, and provide uh, some opportunities uh, for them. Uh, because obviously I was so fortunate. And um, one of my best friends, uh, Eddie, actually came and called me. He was like, hey, man, I have this really cool opportunity to take over this league. Uh, and he just felt like it was a calling for him. Um, and obviously that's that's how the Empire League uh, was established and, and born. And from there, we, we really tried to provide an opportunity to guys that weren't lucky enough and fortunate enough to, to be drafted uh, with an opportunity to continue to play. And um, there's still a lot of kids out there. Maybe they were hurt. Maybe they didn't get the opportunity that, that somebody else did. They, they didn't get seen the way they did. But this provides them an opportunity to continue to chase that dream. And, um, you know, it's been cool. It's been cool. I've had a lot of feedback from the guys that have played at the Empire League just thanking us, um, uh, really appreciative to, to be able to continue to play and uh and it's been a fun learning process i mean it's really has not been something that we've made you know really hardly any money off of we haven't made any money this is something that we're trying to provide for uh players and it's also a business so there's there's the business side of things to say you got to pay for travel you got to pay for hotels you got to pay for housing and stadiums and and uh over the last five six years it's been a learning process just to say okay well this has to be a business and and only uh, a profitable business is going to be successful and it's going to be able to be sustainable. Um, so we have to figure out how do we minimize our expenses as well as, you know, um, providing enough value to be profitable uh, for these players. So it's been a really uh, a cool learning process. I think we we've done an incredible job. I think we're continuing to um, you know, work to get always get better and, and uh, refine uh, refine the league, get better, uh, you know, facilities and, and stadiums. And we have these towns up up North um, that are just absolutely loving, you know, the empire league because it gives them hope. It gives them something to go do and watch. And um, it's, it's become a passionate, a passion project for us. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's a really cool opportunity for a lot of people uh, that weren't as fortunate as I was to get drafted. Um And then around the basis, the same, you know, it's along the same lines. I wanted to give back uh, to to um, kids that were in need. Uh, So we do a lot of work with uh, Children's Cancer Center, um, All Children's Hospital. You know, we try to donate, uh, Make a Wish, and uh, we'll do a couple uh, events each year just to raise money and and donate back to those causes. Which I, I mean, again, it's so rewarding. It's so fulfilling uh, when you're able to to do that. Um, and then obviously at 45, man, (laughs) I love training. I love working out. I love the healthy lifestyle. And I did one of these programs. Uh, I did one of these workouts and I fell in love with the program. Uh, it was, it was exactly what I was doing to train for a baseball season. I would take all my equipment. I would have some buddies come out. We would go out to the beach and then we would run like a little circuit and we would do slam balls and and you know push sleds and and uh, all kinds of different stuff mm-hmm. and uh, somebody asked me, "Have you tried f forty five because we talked about training one day and it was literally what I do just taken and packaged, branded, and just done better than you know I would have done yeah. uh, so you know it's it's a cool business concept it's very similar business model to orange theory fitness um you know, it's honestly a lot of work. Um, it's a lot more than I thought. Obviously, uh, you have to have an operational managing partner for me um, because baseball is obviously the priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and then trying to figure out how to prioritize, you know, baseball, F45, Empire League, round the bases, it, it becomes a really full play, right? So understanding how much time I can dedicate to each uh, while, while not sacrificing uh, you know, yeah. what I'm trying to accomplish and, and, and dreams and the goals that I have um, because it's very easy to get overwhelmed. Uh, so looking at your time, looking at your schedule and, and uh, building out your, your time and schedule is huge. Um, so yeah, you know, it's just a lot of it's what I enjoyed. It's what, I, what I've uh, learned over the years. It's what I, I just really enjoyed reading about, business, finance, real estate. I wanted to build um, an empire, man. I wanted to build yeah. an empire. I wanted to, you know, I didn't see anything wrong with being a hundred, couple hundred millionaire uh, or billionaire. Mm-hmm. If, uh, you know, if you're providing that much value, you're going to get a right. lot of money in return. And right. then what you do with that money, you have a lot of options with this money. I can donate it to, you know, whatever cause I want. Right. I can, you know, I can take care of my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't think, um, I think the idea of people being rich and um, you know, a negative connotation to being rich uh, I think it's outdated. I, I think it's um, I think money can, I think money basically um, makes you more of what you are is yeah. is kind of what, you know, what they say. And it's kind of true because, you know, yeah, I mean, I have a beautiful house. I have a beautiful family. I'm very fortunate. Um, but you know, it, it's, it, it provides options. It gives you a lot of uh, options to, to go through an open doors that maybe necessarily you couldn't
0: before. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I got one more question for you. But before I ask, I'm just going to kind of wrap up the podcast here. Thank you, Matt, so much for joining me today. Um, if you're not, if you're watching, thank you so much for watching. If you're not following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat, please go ahead and do that. Make sure you download the Prospect Dugout app Um, that's something that we've created because we saw a need for high school players, uh, to get exposure. They're, they're spending a lot of money. You guys are spending a lot of money going to these showcases and all these events, but what's going on right now? There's no events. There's no showcases, right? College coaches are still looking for players. They're using social media. We've created the platform that allows you to post who you are as a player, your schedule, your stats, your highlights, and be in a database that college coaches are searching. So go ahead and download that in the app store. Um, leave a comment below. This is on YouTube and Facebook. Leave a comment below. Let me know uh, what your biggest takeaway was from today. Um, you know, give us your feedback and we would definitely appreciate a review on Spotify or Apple podcasts. Greatly appreciate that. Um, in closing for episode six of the prospect dugout podcast, I just want to ask, um, our guest, Matt Joyce with the Miami Marlins, can you kind of just leave the audience, um, with a little bit of advice, um, a little bit of encouragement, you know, you're a major league baseball player right now being affected by COVID-19 being in a shut in in a lockdown, shutdown, everything's, everything's, you know, shut down. So Mm kind of let everybody know, you know, quickly how you're coping with that. And then maybe just a little word of advice for a parent or a coach or a player that, you know, that's watching.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I think for first and foremost, um, man come from a, a state of positivity uh really you know i i've heard a couple good quotes and and obviously one of the ones that i told you earlier um you know I, one of the quotes that that kind of sticks out for me is is obviously if you want to change the world uh, around you you have to start with yourself so i mean really taking the time to work on yourself uh and learn and develop and grow uh, was something that helped me tremendously Um, and, and the quote that I kind of told you earlier, uh, Darwin said, it's not the most, uh, the strongest or the smartest that survive. It's the most adaptable. Um, so, you know, really being flexible, uh, and, and not necessarily, you know, giving up on your dreams because of of the environment or the situation, but figuring out how to work around the environment and the situation and, and becoming very resourceful. Uh, to to still chase those dreams and those visions that you have, uh, I think you have to have a dream and a vision. I think it gives you something to shoot for, um, and I, I think it's it's part of that motivation um, and drive uh, that that makes people accomplish really uh, cool uh, cool things. So uh, for me, you know, smile, stay positive. You know, we we will definitely bounce back from this. Um, I think we're getting close to to. Uh, starting opening of of a lot of businesses and and we're going to go through the different phases. Um, And, uh, and yeah, man, I mean, just continue to work and try to enjoy the process of getting better. I think that was Mm -hmm. one of the things for me that, you know, when, when I get uh, frustrated or or get upset and and, um, don't want to do the work, just how do you enjoy the process of getting better? Because the destination, you know, it's, it's, it's long out there. And then once you get to, once you get there, it's, it's, you're kind of like, okay, well, this is it. All right. Well, you know, let's, let's go for the next thing. You're never, you never really arrive. You're always kind of shooting. You're always going there. So you might as well enjoy the process while you're doing it.
0: That's awesome, man. Um, so I appreciate, I uh, appreciate you, uh, you know, joining me today. I'm going to go ahead and, and close the podcast. Don't hang up because I want to talk to you for a minute, but yeah. uh, thank you, Matt Joyce for joining. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thanks guys for, for uh, joining us. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got a lot of value out of it. And, uh, yeah, Joe, thanks for having me, man. Ready.